Action. There we go. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. How are you guys Morning. doing? Another day in paradise. Pretty good. Awesome. So uh, my name is Dakota. You guys obviously have known me for a long time, but starting the podcast, uh, I'm an entrepreneur out of Oklahoma City for the viewers that don't really know. But the, the point of this uh, whole podcast uh, kind of bases off an old Indian story, old Indian legend that that I know that I think you guys have all heard this, um, but it's about the buffalo. So back in the day, Great Plains, there were buffalo that roamed all through Oklahoma, which is, you know, where we live. And uh, there, were, there were tons of them. And what would happen is, is these rolling thunderstorms would come over the Rocky Mountains to the Great Plains side. And uh, the average cattle herd would try to run away from the storm. They were scared of the storm. They were scared of what would happen, the lightning that would strike or, or the weather that would hit them. And so what ended up happening is as these cattle moved away from the storm, the storm would kind of follow them and these cattle would end up spending hours and hours and hours running through this storm trying to get away from it. Whereas the herd of bison or the herd of buffalo would turn around and run towards the storm. And what would happen is, is the storm would move towards them and they would endure the storm for but a short minute and then the storm would pass over them. So this whole podcast is really for the up and coming entrepreneur, the people that are on the grind right now, the people that are going through the trenches, guys like you guys, where I want other entrepreneurs to learn from their mistakes that they uh, have experienced or uh, things that they're current, things that you guys are currently doing to kind of get yourself to the next level or, or have like that come up story. And so I asked you guys to be on the podcast because I think you guys, out of all of our sales, sales organization, uh, definitely have a lot of potential to become massive names, not only in EcoShield, but also like in life and, and in Oklahoma. So um, I just want to go around the room. Let's introduce the viewers to who you guys are, where you're from, just kind of your background and, uh, you know, what what the what the plan is or we'll just kind of roll from there. So we'll start out with Jacob. Uh, man, I'm Jacob Harrison from Seminole. Um, a lot of you guys know me out here. Uh, been with EcoShield. This is my going on to my third summer. Um, blessed to be here. Nothing better than that. Uh, my name's Derek. Uh, this is going in my fifth summer with EcoShield. I love it. I would never plan on leaving. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My name is ET from Seminole. Uh, going on my third summer. Yeah, love the opportunity. <laughs> so, so these guys have had uh, a lot of life experience before they came in and actually like worked in door-to-door -door pest control. And for the viewers out there that don't know, um, I own a door-to-door -door pest control company, and and all of these guys are are my sales managers. Um, but I, I'm looking for a little bit more background on like what you guys were doing before we got into EcoShield, but also before you guys started this journey as an entrepreneur. So, um, we'll highlight, uh, I guess, Jacob. Jacob, you went to to school right? yeah i actually attended uh, southeast oklahoma state i uh, okay. played football there uh, all four years um, got my degree occupational safety and health it was pretty great um from there i took a job in california um, got laid off and came back home and was living in a 200 square foot room with uh, both my daughters and my wife and my brother at ET, he actually uh, got me involved in this job. So from there, it was, um, why not try it out? And ever since I stuck and stayed it out. Awesome. And what were you doing in California exactly? So actually, um, I was running a, a safety project for the government. It was basically assembling the border wall. Uh, it was definitely something I wasn't aware of, but uh, it was a good experience for sure being 21 years old. And, being out in the middle of a desert and, you know, middle of camp. So, so you were an OSHA manager yeah. as a 21 year old over like an entire government project to build. Yeah, the it was, it was three of us. Um, one guy actually went to college with, and then from there it was, uh, just another guy from uh, a different state that we really were, two of us were pretty green. Uh, and the other guy, he's been there for 20 years with the company. So, wow. And, uh, what, uh, what, what's like the craziest thing you've seen while, while doing that job? Oh man, the there was stuff like every, every other day for sure. Um, between the people that we were hiring and just the stuff that was going on in Mexico, like, uh, anywhere from the cartel, the cartel wars or, uh, on the other side, or even just the stuff that we were experiencing in a really, um, low income area, uh -huh. people just going nuts. So. 
that's uh i'm sure that's quite the experience for sure derek what were you doing uh i guess before eco shield i was uh doing the normal nine to five construction landscaping surveying uh i worked at mcdonald's once before so how old were you when we found you i was i wasn't even 21 yet so okay so young we got yeah. you young Got me young, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Got me in my prime. ET, <laughs> what were you up to before EcoShield? Uh, before EcoShield, really just anything I could do to get money. I was doing factory jobs, construction, some other stuff that I should have mentioned on the podcast, <laughs> but really anything. Um, I finally got a good opportunity. Just got hired on at Ford. Uh-huh. And the same day... They hired me was the same day somebody came to me with this opportunity and with the way I was living I just felt like moving to a whole different area getting away from everything would probably be better for me so I took this opportunity and I yeah I'm glad I ended up doing this so Oklahoma is a an interesting state going off of what ET said I, I've been doing you know pest control sales and like recruiting out here for eight years and my background, you know, where I grew up in Arizona, when you recruit for door-to-door sales or just recruit for for pest control in general, it's almost like everybody that I know has already heard of the job and understand the opportunity, understand that it's a really uh, difficult job to do. It's a really difficult job to be good at. And when I moved out here to Oklahoma, it's almost like nobody had ever heard of the job before and, and nobody's ever heard of this opportunity. And so, um, Oklahoma is an interesting place because it's kind of like its own vortex here in the nation where people that live here and grow up here seldom leave Oklahoma. They don't, they don't venture out into the world. They like to stay here. And it's almost like a chasm of darkness that, that just kind of pulls you (laughs) in. But, but I I love living in Oklahoma. I never thought I'd, I'd end up here and, you know, end up actually liking it. If you told me five, 10 years ago that I'd be living in Oklahoma and be happy, I'd, I'd say you're crazy. But, um, what are some of the, I guess, the motivating factors that you guys had to, to take an opportunity like this? Jacob, you're coming from like a six-figure job. You know, you're working in California and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you mentioned you moved back to a 200-square-foot space. And, and you know, what was the, the driving factor? I think uh, the, the biggest drive for me, obviously, you know, I'm 24 years old. I have two daughters and I'm married. Um, going through the sacrifice, doing the sacrifices and going through the struggle that we went through, coming back from making six figures to getting unemployment, uh, basically just waiting for, uh, at the time my daughter wasn't born yet. And so my wife was pregnant, it was my other daughter, and then both of them came you know, at once. And so um, I think the biggest decide factor for me was when I came out and just took the chance, it, it went from, I can do this job for 20 to 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. and the cap is 200, 250 grand, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for me, a lot of people, when they think about dead-end jobs, they think about McDonald's, they think about Brahms, they think about you know these fast food restaurants. And when it comes down to it, it's it's any job that caps you out of any kind of, of money, that's a dead-end job to me. And so when I started doing my little bit of digging into the sales, I always knew sales was a great, great place to you know write your own paycheck. But at the end of the day, um, when you're 20 or 4 years old and making more than what a guy that was in my field doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. that's that's not a damn job. You're, you're still going. That's the best thing with EcoShield is you you don't have a cap. You just keep going. Yeah. So there's always growth potential. Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's something that attracts a lot of people to our jobs. You're interesting and, and your story is interesting. Uh, it's different than Derek and ET's, obviously, where you're already making six figures and you're already making just a, a ton of money for some how old were you when you got uh, that job in when california? i took that job man i had just turned 21. okay so you're a 21 year old making six figures working a respectable job i'm sure any father-in-law or any you know girl you date's elated about the fact that you have some sort of financial security coming in but to to go from making six figures uh instead of trying to turn around and find another osha job you know you you take this big risk on yourself um to, to come and work a job that no money is guaranteed, but the potential to make unlimited amount of money is, is, is there. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs out there, um, there's a big disconnect with 
I'm making so much money right now. Why would I trade in what I'm doing now to to potentially make more or potentially make less? There almost seems to me uh, to be a a stigma where people don't want to give up the comfortable life that they're living uh, and sacrifice to have so much more. And we all know that, like our business partner, Kyle, um, he came from a six figure making job too at 26 and ended up leaving. And, you know, we all know how that turned out for him. It, it was a great investment for him. And, um, he's, you know, million multimillionaire and off to the races from now, but you know, that, that sacrifice doesn't, doesn't come, but what was the, the scariest part about making that decision of moving from a six figure job to, to basically, Hey, you're guaranteed no money if you don't succeed in this. Honestly, like for me, like the biggest scare, um, I honestly, uh, I believe myself when going straight into this, I'm a, I'm a type of person, like once I learn something, um, I'll be good at it. I might not be the best at it, but I'll, I'll be good enough to, to figure it out. And so um, betting on myself, I, I, I bet on myself every single time because at the end of the day, I'm the only one that has control over me. Um, so when I took this job and kind of realized like you literally write your own paycheck, it was scary because uh, when, not only do you have to feed yourself, you got to feed three other people, you know, my two daughters and my wife. Uh, it definitely was, it was super scary and super, uh, people definitely had their doubts. Mm -hmm. People had, you know, this, this is a scam. This is, this isn't the time, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like you mentioned before, uh, it's Oklahoma. There's not, it, there's not opportunity here um, when it comes to growing to the next level. I mean, mm -hmm. this is the stuff that every single one of us, none of us knew about this leaving high school none of us this is something that's not talked about you know right and so um for me it was really just trusting the process and the guys that kind of recruited me to come out here plus my brother was coming out here so it was it was something that um i guess i just i just had that feeling you know it, it was scary for sure because at the end of the day like, you want to be comfortable financially um in your living situation mm -hmm. you just want to be comfortable and so a lot of these guys it's just scary because it, they don't really understand that like there's more past Oklahoma. There's there's more opportunity, and so um, I think that's why it's the biggest blessing to me to be here now is because now I'm in the situation, or now I have the little bit of say so to actually help spread the you know spread the opportunity to other people because this is the stuff that we we knew about. And yeah. so uh, that's always great. No, you definitely have a bright future. I'm excited to see, you know, where you take it. I just, I love your story of, you know, you're in a, a position of power, a position of, of being comfortable, 21 years old, making six figures. That is a rare opportunity for a lot of guys. And to just absolutely walk away from that, knowing that there's something better out there for you. Uh, it just shows me kind of like the, the fighting spirit of, of an entrepreneur. Like that's the spirit of the Buffalo is, Hey, you know what? I'm, there's a storm coming. I see it. I'm comfortable right now. Instead of me trying to hightail it away from the storm, I'm just going to run straight into it and, and hope the best. Uh, Derek, let's, uh, I want to kind of shift gears to, to you. So um, you came out and started working in EcoShield in 2018? 2019. 2019. Okay. Yep. So that was your first year, yep. 2019. Um, uh, tell us about your first year experience. Just so, so what were you doing months before you got this job? Like what, what was your, what was your average day to day? Just, and then, uh, on an average day before this job was mm -hmm. just party, 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 uh, get up, go to work, get off and then, you know, do the same thing I did the day before party. Um, as far as that goes, when I was coming into EcoShield, uh, it was, it was funny that ET brought that up as far as him getting a new job and then, that day getting this job offer to come over to, to EcoShield because mm. the same thing happened to me. I started a landscaping job and then that day my buddy invited me to come out to Houston and start working. I had no idea what I was doing, but he said, you know what, I'm gonna take the leap and ended up just driving to Houston three days later and I, I did it. Um, I ended up almost quitting two weeks into it. So <laughs> that was that. Um, I ended up having people talk me into staying and I, I stuck it out and now we're four years in. So that's, yeah, I, Derek, you're one of my favorite guys that have ever come through my door. So for viewers that don't know Derek, when I met Derek, Derek was really shy, really quiet, uh, didn't have a smile on his face, just kind of had a dark countenance on him where, you know, you, the, the first time I met you, I looked at you and I was like, there's no way this guy's going to sell pest control. But, you know, at the time starting the business, we, 
low key, we needed warm bodies to throw on the doors. Yep. Like we needed people <laughs> that could just go and say, Hey, do you need pest control? If we can get it done, we can do it cheap. So, you know, we took on Derek and your first summer you sold how much in revenue? Uh, 50, 55K. Which equates to how much commission? eight or nine grand eight or nine grand. so yeah. so not much money right <laughs> like it's kind of it's it's almost laughable for for it's actually not mm -hmm. bad for like four or five months of work for you know yeah. a 19 year old but um what uh what was the deciding factor you made eight to nine k you know you had this good job offer lined up at landscaping and the party lifestyle like what mm -hmm. was the motivating factor to to come back and i guess really try your hand at this again um i seen everybody else doing it uh-huh uh, seen you know you connor and rain and all these other guys just coming out and, and killing it making mm -hmm. great money and um i decided that like well I'm, I'm in the position that i am you know i'm i am shy and i'm quiet and this job is is really hard for me to do but if these guys can do it these guys are just like me I could do it too. So whether it's, you know, four or five, 10 years down the road or, you know, next week, I can make it happen. So I just stuck with it. That's awesome. And then this last summer, uh, before we shift gears to ET, this last summer, um, you had an incredible breakout. You're, you know, you ended up servicing over 300K, which, you know, equates to how much in commissions, sales commissions. Yeah. About 125 grand. 125 grand. Mm. And you made that in five months, four months, four yeah. months of summer. That, yeah. Um, what was a, what was a big difference for you? I mean, from your first year in 2019 to 2022, like going from making eight to nine grand in sales commissions. I know a lot of kids that have come in my door. They make that type of money. They walk out forever and they say, I'm never doing that job again. Yeah. That was really hard. And, and unfortunately that's the same for most business endeavors that I've been you know, involved with is a lot of kids will experience just some fraction of failure and they, they typically give up and then they mm -hmm. go back to a nine to five and they, they tell themselves, you know, that was, that was the opportunity. I took it, I tried and it's never going to happen for me again. And then they get sucked back into the nine to five jobs. They get sucked back into the Oklahoma vortex mm -hmm. and they get lost in, I'm going to go work at Joe Cooper Ford for the rest of my life. Not that that's you know, bad. We have so many friends that have worked with us that, that absolutely slayed at Joe Cooper Ford that make great money as car dealers over there. But um, working the the construction jobs, working the oil field jobs, you know, we, we have so many guys just go back to the oil field because it's stable money, but it's a horrible lifestyle. And we know, you know, how rough it is in the oil field because, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of us have worked in the oil field and, and know what that's like. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's also a, another reason we wanted to have you on the podcast first is just the, the fighting spirit of the Buffalo. There is, you know, not a lot of people come out their first year and do extremely well, but to turn around and have that spirit to fight back and even know that it's going to take two, maybe three, maybe four years to start seeing the results that you want to see, being patient enough with yourself and also with the opportunity and trusting the process and trusting the commitment that you have towards your job, but also towards yourself. Um, and, and growing. Something that I'll highlight about Derek is I come into um, our office that is actually just down the hall uh, from this podcast studio. And last year I would come into the office all the time. And every time I came in, Derek was always sitting down reading books and, and doing his thing, putting in, you know, the midnight, uh, burning the midnight oil. That's the, that's the saying. So yeah. burning the midnight <laughs> oil, uh, if you would say just developing himself. And you guys know, I'm a big believer that if people, um, want to be successful, they need to change who they are as a person. Like you can't live a life of debauchery and expect to have this amazing, incredible life of success where you're gonna make tons and tons of money. You might Absolutely. make money, but you're not gonna be able to sustain it if you're continuing the party lifestyle or continuing the, the I'm gonna go out and drink and you know stay up till three in the morning. Like you have to, to learn some level of discipline. And I've seen that with Derek, especially over the years, just that transformation happened. So we'll shift gears to ET. ET came on twenty twenty one was your first sales season with us. Yes. Okay. Yep. And tell us tell us a little bit about so you got a job at Ford. You know, last minute reach out by a friend to come and recruit you. Similar story to me. I got recruited very last minute, um, and then you ended up calling Jacob and saying, "Hey man, I got this job. Why don't you come out and do it with me?" And then you decided to phone up Jacob, your brother, and say, "Hey, uh, we should go do this pest control job," but um, tell the, tell the viewers a little bit about your, uh, your day to day before this, and then really the mindset shift 
that you had to have to even take this opportunity. Um, and uh, for all the viewers out there, ET is one of my most talented recruiters uh, that I have. And so there's two aspects to our job that we all know, which is go out and knock on people's doors and sell them pest control. But then when we get into the management side of it, it's going out and recruiting your own team and building up other people around you, adding value to their life so that you know they can go out and sell pest control and basically have the same opportunity that we've all been given. So ET, what was the mindset mindset shift for you? And then um, what was the what was the motivating factor to to I guess keep pursuing the whole recruiting and management? Um, and we'll get into some of your failures because I want to hear you know how you bounce back from those. But but tell us the the day to day that you had before this job, and then the mindset shift to take this job, and kind of the the thought process that you've gone through to end up where you're at. Yeah. So my day to day it was. It was everywhere. Uh, no set schedules, no certain times I'd wake up. Some days I'd wake up at 8 p.m. Some other days I'm up at 8 a.m. Um, if I had a job, I'd go out there and work, do that, come back home. But same thing as Derek said, it's party, 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 getting drunk all the time. That was my main thing, always getting drunk with everybody and – once I got hired on at Ford, that's whenever I finally felt like I have a job to brag about. Like it's a it's a well-known job to where everybody feels like they've finally done something in Oklahoma. Right. It's like respectable to become yes. a car dealer here. Correct. Right. And so that happened for me to where I was like, okay, awesome. But then this opportunity came along. I talked to my family about it and they're the ones that really gave me the uh, reality check of I think you should move away think it'd be a good idea only thing that's going on in Oklahoma for you is your party lifestyle getting drunk your friends are dying you're, you've been to jail all your friends are going to jail I just think it's best for you to get away from that for a little bit just so you could try it out see how you like being by yourself and then thought about it and I was like yeah I have been losing friends. Friends are in jail. I've been arrested. I think y'all are right. I think I'm going to go ahead and move. So that's what I went for was getting away just to try it out to see how I would like it. Because I never thought I'd want to leave Oklahoma. Like you said, everybody from Oklahoma mm -hmm. loves it. And so I went ahead, took the risk, going out to sell pest control when really I was like, pest, I don't. I don't see anybody buying <laughs> pest control, but hey, I'll give it a shot. It, it's a risk. Sure. Let's do it. That's awesome. And uh, just so viewers know, like, what is um, what is your average day-to-day -day look like now? Day-to-day, uh, -day, I have a set schedule, morning routines. Um, I do everything completely different. I hardly, uh, yeah, pretty much hardly drink, I'd say once a month if that i don't party i don't like bars clubs being out all night uh, but yeah morning routine i always wake up once my alarm goes off i do not hit the snooze button I, that's my time to get up i get up i'll read a little bit i have a daughter now watch her um gym spend three to four hours recruiting and then after that that's me time to do whatever I want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, again, like perfect example of why you're on the podcast, you know, it, the spirit of the Buffalo in you is taking just such a, the, the cards that you were dealt early in life obviously led to where you were, you know, at, at a young age, 18, 19, how old were you when you first came on? 19, 20, uh, 21, 21, you just turned 20, just turned 21. Yeah. But, but to go from the lifestyle that you had, for 21 years, you know, I'm sure your parents uh, lived a similar way and, and cousins lived a similar way and friends lived a similar way. Um, but to live that lifestyle for 21 years and then to have those same friends and family be like, hey, man, like you, you need to move away, like you need to, to get out. And then to have you take that opportunity, I've been mind blown at, at how much discipline you've been able to exercise. Just what you said, like, I, I don't really drink anymore. I don't go to bars. I don't go to clubs. Like that was your lifestyle a short, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago. And now you're focused, you're determined, um, you're wanting to work, you're wanting to su succeed. And, and for me, like that just, 
it's cool to see guys like all of you come from the different circumstances, different walks of life, the different uh, life experiences that you guys have been through and then do this job and then um, turn into full-blown entrepreneurs. That's that's what it is. You know, my my circumstances getting into the job, I, I never really made any mistakes in life, never really did anything wrong. Uh, I, I did not come from, you know, a, a crazy background. I was just poor and my friend was like, yo, come out and do this job. And I was like, all right, sounds <laughs> decent, right? Um, but it's really cool to, to see the changes. So um, for you guys, obviously we, we all work at the same company, but we have bigger goals and dreams than that. You know, we're, how old are you, Jacob? 24? Yeah, 24. So 24, Derek, you're 24. Mm-hmm. And then ET, you're 23? Three. 23, okay. Um, you know, you guys are all extremely young for considering all things. And, you know, obviously there's a lot more that you guys want to accomplish in life, but where where do you guys see yourself? Uh, let's just say five years down the road, ten years. Actually, let's go ten years down the road. Like, where do you guys want to be ten years down the road? And then, um, what habits are you implementing now to to get to that vision? We talk all the time, just in our sales meetings and, and things that I teach you guys. Is you know, a goal is a point on the horizon. And if you don't have a point on the horizon that you're headed towards, you could start hiking in any direction, and you'll end up anywhere you want to be. Uh, if you're focused on that one specific point. So what's your guys' point on the horizon? And then what are the steps you guys are making now towards that journey? You know, uh, uh, a journey of a, a thousand miles begins with one step. And so what are those steps that you guys are starting to take to end up where you want to be in 10 years? We'll start uh, with Jacob, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, I've always, um, besides like having to go to work, I wasn't like a morning person at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a no morning routine. Um, so getting a morning routine, um, recruiting, getting all the steps in line to where I want to be in, in 10 years. Uh, in 10 years, I want to partner with the company, be a partner of the company. Uh, one person that I could sit there and sit down and say I aspire to be would, would be the business, you know, Kyle Worthen. You know, mm-hmm. he's a great example. Um, we'll have to have Kyle on the podcast. Kyle has to definitely be on here. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, we'll have to have Kyle on. Uh, Kyle, Kyle's a good guy, you know, probably the biggest heart on our in our company. Um he, he pops in every once in a while. That's what I, you know, I want to have other offices around. Uh, I want to have an, an empire. I want everybody to be able to, it's just the opportunity that's available for everybody. When the more people that we have doing this job and offering it to other people, it's just more more lives that are being changed. Um, for me, it's, the money's cool. The money's awesome. But when you have the opportunity to, I don't know, there's a whole, like, we always joke around about it. It's, it's hard to do rich things with poor friends, you know, and yeah. your whole family is eating, your whole family is at the table together. It's a, it's a lot better when you're not just doing it by yourself. Yeah. And so um, in 10 years, I want to, I would say, you know, E.T. is going to be with me, Derek's going to be with me. We're all going to be at this big table in 10 years. I want to see everybody at this table. Yeah. And so for the t- steps that need to be taken are definitely being already implemented. So Yeah, to get to that point. And I, I'm certain that you'll be there and honestly, less than five years. I don't think it'll take 10 years for you guys to get there, but there's so much truth to what you said. I've learned this definitely through my career um, and the experiences that I've been through, but uh, money's not everything. I think Jim Carrey said that I I wish everybody could be famous and successful and have everything that they ever wanted, wanted to have because they'd realize that it's not the answer. I feel like for a lot of young, hungry entrepreneurs, that's all they're focused on is the money, the status, the style, the fame, especially in today's day and age. Like we have, you know, young 18, 19 year olds that only care about driving, you know, the nicest car or, or, um, what's the word, uh, posting something that's not really like flexing flexing okay yeah, yeah. so like fake flexing <laughs> right like all, all kids want to do now is look rich but they they don't actually want to do the work or put in the time and the energy and i, I think that's something that's so key and highlighted about you is you know you're talking about where you want to be in 10 years the focus wasn't so much on the money the focus was the type of person that you want to be and again we're, we're such big believers of that in our organization you become the type of person that you want to become uh through your own discipline and your actions and stuff like that and the better person you become the happier you become um the the more disciplined you become uh the more successful you'll end up being and i, I think you have you know a good head on your shoulders to move towards that direction is i'm going to focus on me i'm going to focus on developing myself I'm going to focus on adding value to people around me. And I know if I do that, not only will I be an amazing person, but I'll have the lifestyle that I want to have. And then something that you mentioned is I want to be able to share that lifestyle with the people around me, which is, I mean, super rewarding. So Derek, uh, what's, what's your point on the horizon? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And then what, um, what things are you doing now to get there? 
uh, ten-year goal, ten-year vision. Uh, I think it's pretty much the same as Jacob. You know, I want to partner with the company and build a lifestyle for myself, my family, and uh, other people around me. You know, uh, I don't see myself ever leaving EcoShield, uh-huh. but um, I do want to build my own business or businesses right. on the side. Right. You know, I, I've seen you out here mm. doing the towing business and. Uh, doing your thing with that, and I, I want something like that besides EcoShield, whether it's, uh, you know, a clothing line, I, I don't know, some, something, whatever yeah. it is, yeah, like power washing business. We have the free time and the resources to yeah. do it, so it, why not? Exactly. Um, is there anything that you want a business endeavor that you want to get into eventually? You know? Man, I'm everything. I don't even cut hair, and I've thought about opening a barbershop. <laughs> so, right. you know, anywhere from uh, a car wash, a barbershop, uh, a power washing business, um, doing something that, I mean, my dad's retired now, you know, he, yeah. he goes to college just because he never had the chance to, and um, maybe doing something and giving him a business to run, you know, it just, yeah. for me, um, you can never have too many different sources of incomes, but like when it goes back to having opportunity, I, I feel like, um, I come from a big family, you know, yeah. so I, I think- How many people in your family? Oh, uh, dude, I think it was, between the my cousins that live with us, my brothers, my sisters, I, I'm like one of eight. And okay. so um, there's a lot of us for yeah. sure, you know. Uh, we're all doing different paths. I'm definitely the black sheep. I'm, I'm out doing something different, you know. Um, but I think when it comes just down to just running any kind of business, of basically saying when it's mine, you know, I can do, you know, do it. Right. That's just uh, a big achievement for me is because, you know, two or three years ago, I, I didn't have that. I was working for somebody else, you know. Um, and before that, I literally had nothing. And so... Um, I think when it comes down to just owning a business, just anything, honestly, anything that makes sense at that time. Yeah, if it makes money, it makes sense. I think one of the coolest opportunities that we have living in Oklahoma is there may not be a ton of opportunity in Oklahoma, but there is a ton of opportunity to create opportunities yeah, here. Absolutely. There's, There's so, I drive by so many things every single day and I go, that would be a great business idea. That would be a great business idea. And there's little things that I, I plug in the back of my mind, like, okay, one day I'm going to get into this one day. I'll get into this one day. I'll get into this. And yeah, it's because of, you know, the opportunity we have in front of us. Um, but yeah, Derek, I, th- I think you're, you're on the right path too. you're weathering the storm now and you're getting through the storm just to, I guess, maybe you're not loading all your eggs in one basket, but for now, you're loading all your eggs in one basket to have enough eggs to spread to other baskets later on. Et, what's your what's your answer to that question? So, point on the horizon. Where do you want to be in ten years? And then, what are you doing now? But also, like, what what are you willing to do to get to where you want to be to become the person that you want to be in ten years? Well, it, it's it's gonna sound pretty funny to a bunch of people who listen to this podcast, but in 10 years, I'll be 33 years old and retired. Uh, what I'm going to end up doing. <laughs> I, I don't think it's funny. I think it's realistic. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, but see, I plan on uh, partnering up here, getting into real estate, just, yeah, own businesses, get all that going. By the time I'm 33, I'm going to have a house on a lake, sitting on the dock, relaxing, and Everybody else that decided not to take the opportunity, they'll be at their little factory job and everything. (laughs) Nothing wrong with it, but I'll be retired. But yeah, I've been taking a lot of sacrifices already with the job, how it is having my family down here in Oklahoma while I'm in Houston working. That's a, there's- Yeah, it's a tough dynamic. Yeah, Yeah, it it creates problems, but it's just things I have to go through. I have my vision set and if I want to succeed, I have to go ahead and go through the sacrifices and just know it's all going to be worth it at the very end. But Yeah, I, I promise it's worth it. I mean, there were years of grind for me that, I mean, uh, Jimmy remembers this, but he would come across the hall and sometimes I'd be in there at, you know, five in the morning yet working and then I'd leave after everybody left too. And 
you know, those are very lonely years. Those are, those are a lot of years of sacrifice, but those are also the years that, you know, I've grown the most as an entrepreneur. And, um, I think something about ET that I absolutely love is, you know, the amount of vision that you have for yourself, like the, the, to confidently say here on the podcast, like, I know everybody else thinks I'm crazy, but at 33, yeah. I'll be retired sitting on my boat dock, you know, enjoying my <laughs> life while everybody else is doing their thing. And, um, it just shows like the amount of energy and effort you guys are putting towards your lives and your careers, which is, you know, what we want to inspire other kids to do that listen to this podcast or other people to do to listen to this podcast that literally it doesn't matter where you come from. You have that mindset shift of, listen, I'm going to take responsibility for the hand that I was dealt and I'm going to use that hand and I'm going to trade for larger cards, trade for bigger cards. It may take four years like Derek, it may take two years, you know, like you guys to get started. But, um, the, no matter how you slice it or dice it, like the time is going to pass. 10 years is going to go by. And at the end of 10 years, you can choose to be living on your lake house on the dock, enjoying life, or you can choose to stay where you're at. Um, so for you guys as, as upcoming entrepreneurs, uh, the next question I want to ask you guys is, uh, let's, let's get into something kind of funny. Like what is, what is the craziest experience that you guys have experienced while doing your job for EcoShield and knocking doors? <laughs> like, like what is, what is something that, that that you started knocking doors or you've been doing it for years. I get surprised every summer by some stuff happen. So for the viewers out there that don't really know our job, we drop people off in a residential neighborhood. And in these residential neighborhoods, we have certain amount of customers that, uh, you know, we go through and we just try to thicken the route in that, you know, dense neighborhood. And uh, what happens is, is when you knock through neighborhoods every single day, <laughs> you run into a lot of crazy craft that normally people don't see. Like there might be one incident that happens on your street in your neighborhood once a year that you never see or find out about. The cops show up, they take care of something while you're at work. And then, you know, maybe one of the neighbor makes like a, a post on the neighborhood group chat and says like, this happened today. And everybody's like, oh, okay, not a big deal. But when you're out there knocking doors, you see stuff almost on a daily basis. It's like, wait, what? Like I live in America and this stuff is happening. So what is the craziest thing that you guys have experienced on the door uh, while doing the shop? If you have your answer, like speak first so everybody else can think of theirs, but. I don't know, there's a lot of Yeah, crazy I was, I'm stuff. in the same boat. Um, I feel like uh, being put on the spot and answering that question, this is gonna have to really dig deep. There's a lot of different stuff that I've seen or uh, I wouldn't say I've been a part of, you know, but. I think one of the most scary things is, you know, somebody pulling a gun on you. Yeah. That's that's happened more than more than once. Yeah. So yeah. So so when somebody pulls a gun on you, right? Like mm -hmm. what like what goes through your head? So you knock on somebody's door, they answer. Yeah. And your pitch is normal, like, hey, I, I'm Derek, I do pest control. Mm -hmm. Uh do you want to buy? Basically, right? Like that's yeah. our pitch. And they just whip a gun out on you and, and they're like, get off my porch or? The couple of times this happened to me, they come out with the gun. And this one guy <laughs> that I, I knocked on his door three or four times in one day. And um, the last time it was, you know, eight or 8.30 at night, we knocked pretty late. Yeah. And uh, he comes out with the gun pointed up at me. And all I'm thinking is like, this guy is just not, he's not gonna buy, that's for sure. <laughs> so I walk away. I, I don't know what your first clue was. <laughs> But I, I ended up just walking away and he called the, the cops on me and, you know, I had to deal with it with them. But no, no injuries, anything like that. Just a couple of scare, scare tactics. So so, so in those moments, because obviously I've been doing the same job for so many years, but as a young uh, entrepreneur, as a young sales rep, I used to get so discouraged when stuff like that would happen, getting mm -hmm. the crazy Karen that comes out of the house and just screams at you. Or, you know, I've had a guy literally like shove me off his doorstep. I've actually never had a gun pulled on me, but oh, um, yeah, I, I've never had a gun pulled on me. So that that's a different experience, but I've gotten like, you know, my first year of physical altercation with a guy like shoving me and stuff like that. I didn't, you know, do anything back, but um, I just remember being so discouraged by stuff like that. So how do you bounce back from, you know, something like that? Somebody pulls a gun on you and and you just gotta knock the next door, yeah, I guess. I, mean, I don't I mean, know. I never had a physical altercation. I'm a pretty big dude, so guns is usually the first thing to get pulled, anyways. So, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think, like when I was a rookie, somebody pulled a gun. It was like, oh crap, he has a gun. You know, it, it was kind of normal. But then when you get to being an experienced rep, it's like, oh, sorry, just wanted to come by, try to see what you used to kill the bugs, man. But it looks like you got it under hand, like under control. Yeah, you know, and make a little gun joke. You know, now it's you know how to de-escalate the situation when time goes on. So, um, I think 
<laughs> you see a bunch of crazy stuff when it, when it comes to knocking the doors and the guns is definitely at least the worst. There's a lot of guys that come out. I mean, I remember when this last preseason that we had a, a kid quit because somebody answered the door with a baseball bat and he thought his life was threatened. I mean, at the end of the day, the old lady wasn't going to do anything with that bat. <laughs> it was so, an old lady. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, most of these guys are just this is where they feel safe, I guess. They're not, they're not going to do that at Walmart, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. It's weird how people in their own neighborhoods try to play vigilante with whatever resources that they have. You know, I've had eighty-year-old women come out and, you know, like scream at me just because I was parked on her street. I didn't do anything <laughs> other than park my vehicle on her street. And as I'm getting out of the car, what are you doing here? Well, like, what do you want? Why are you parking there? It's like, okay, like, calm down. But uh, part of the job. Like you do door to door sales, like you will run into stuff Absolutely. like that. It's it's just part of it. Part ET, of what about you, man? What's what's one of the biggest uh, crazy events you've ever had doing this job? Uh, I don't I don't know. There's been it. Houston's crazy. It goes from having it's surprisingly a lot of people that just open the door completely butt naked and just act like nothing's <laughs> going yeah. on. Walk around neighborhoods and you just see an alligator chilling in the yard. The Karens. Um, I'd probably say the time I was in the Corvette and then we got surrounded by the entire street and everybody was looking at us asking what I was doing. I'd tell them what I'm doing, show them the proof, tell them I'm waiting on my technician. And they're just, yeah, tattoos, you're in a Corvette, you're just a drug dealer, <laughs> get out of the neighborhood. Like The entire street? The whole the entire, entire street. street. So I've, had, whole a, I've had an experience like that too. It actually happened this last year. We were in a neighborhood. It was a gated neighborhood. We saw that there was a new move in, so we drove in. We, we talked to her. We ended up selling her. She was a lady that moved from California. And then uh, the next day, we, it was a Saturday, and we were like, hey, let's go back in there. You know, Not everybody was home. Let's, let's go talk to all the people that are home on a Saturday morning. So we go in there, and we end up knocking into the HOA president. He doesn't say anything to us. He just tells us to get the heck out of there. So we're, we're chilling on the street, and all of a sudden, this big armored Jeep you know, pulls up behind us, and guy gets out, and he starts telling us, like, hey, we're not allowed to be in here. You guys need to leave. This is private property, stuff like that, which we know in Houston it's, it's not. And I just told him, like, hey, man, call the cops. And so he calls the cops. The cops tell him, like, hey— Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. They're not breaking the law. And then for some reason, he gets on his phone. He starts calling all of the people in the neighborhood. And <laughs> before I knew it, surrounded around my truck were, were 30, 40. It was like the, the the neighborhood people, but it was also like the construction workers that were building new homes were like there. I, I don't know <laughs> what kind of influence or power this guy had in his own HOA, but he was acting like he was the the, I don't know, like the the drug lord of his neighborhood. It was so weird how he could get so many people to surround our truck at once. And then as I was trying to leave, he tried to like ram my truck with his Jeep. And it's like, guy, we are just knocking on doors and saying, hey, do you want pest control or not? Like it is a simple yes or no, five second inconvenience. It, it always blows my mind that people can spend so much energy trying to get mad at the door-to-door -door salesman. And uh, it's actually kind of sad that people waste so much of their time for a five second conversation, like knock on the door, not really inconveniencing you, but that they'll they'll take the time out of their day to, I don't know, go to the extreme, like surround you with the entire neighborhood or <laughs> you know, chase you down the street or even call the cops. Um, so we'll, we'll shift back to the entrepreneurship side of, of our job. You know, like we all sell pest control and that's great for a lot of people on this podcast, the opportunity is available, you know, for all of you guys, if, if you guys feel, you know, so inclined to want to come work with us, just DM us or, or ask us. But the last question that I have, um, for each one of you guys, and, and thanks for being on the podcast today is if you can give any advice to a young 21, 22, 23 year old kid that, that is doing nothing with their life. They're going, they're working their job at Walmart. They're getting done with their job at Walmart. They're going home, they're partying, they're playing video games, they're living with mom and dad. Um, they're just doing what what a normal kid would do anywhere from 18 to 23 years old, not really going to school. Not that I think school is that important. That's a topic for a different day, but you know, what? what is a piece of advice, something that you have failed, something that you have learned. I, I always think that learning from other people's failures is the time that I learn a lot uh, other than my own failures. I've, I've learned a ton. So something that I've learned just to kick off the conversation, uh, early on in my career, uh, I, I would hire just anybody that I possibly could to come and work with us. And I was always under the impression that I could change the way that people thought and the way that people acted. And I can't change that. People themselves change that. I can help influence that by being a good example and applying correct principles to my life. And then you know, showing you guys how that's all done. Um, and then also encouraging you guys and holding you accountable to do those things. But there's one thing I've learned it's, you know, 
uh, and this is from my own failure. I started a, a, a pressure washing business about two years ago with some friends and, you know, really good friends with them before we started the business. Um, you know, there was somebody that mentioned to me like, Hey, never get into business with your friends, but I work with my friends on a daily basis. Like in my other businesses, everybody that I, I work with, I'm a friend with. So it's really hard to keep those personal relationships, uh, separated. But the one lesson I learned was if you're starting a business as an entrepreneur and you want to get into something, do not get into business with the wrong people. And when I say that, if you see a friend that's even a little bit lazy or has a little bit of a lack of vision or just even a little bit of doubt or worry or fear, probably not the person to get into business with. It's always the people that are enthusiastic, happy, motivated, pumped up energy on life, even though they may not have the most self-confidence. It's it's always the people that are determined and willing to grind and willing to, to put in all of the effort, energy, and not get paid for it that are the people that help my business become successful. It's it's people with the X factor. It's people that that want to go the extra mile, that have the extra diet, that have the mentality of the buffalo. So for you guys, what is something that you failed at and you've learned a lot from and, and that you could give our viewers a little bit of advice on? Uh, for me, I think the, the best advice I can give to somebody that's up and coming would be ditch the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing that uh, will get in the way of woe is me, you know, having every excuse in the book for the reason why you didn't do something uh, will definitely hinder your growth, you mm -hmm. know, and be a sponge. You can never not learn something. I mean, you're learning something every day. I, I learn stuff from both of these guys. I learn stuff from you, whether it's a, a different way to do something or just learning it in general. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's the two things. It's just be a sponge. It's just ditch the victim mentality. Ditch the victim mentality. Be a sponge. I love that. It's, it's key. Derek, what's something that you've... Something I failed at and something I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've failed at knocking doors quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of no's. First, first couple of summers, yeah. Um, it took me a few tries to get it just uh, close to close to right how many and so first of all how many how many uh accounts or how many deals do you think you've gotten over four years working here uh obviously the majority of them came in this most recent six, summer but six to seven six to seven hundred people yeah. over four years how many no's have you had to go through Gosh, holy cow! That's a big. That's a big number. Probably, <laughs> I, I would, ten thousand, twenty thousand. Uh, I would feel like that. I'd feel like more. More honestly, fifty thousand yeah. nos. Yeah. Fifty thousand nos for six hundred and fifty yeses. Yeah. Dang! And this last summer, so you sold three hundred accounts, roughly three hundred k. Yeah. Um, how many nos did you have to go through this summer to get to making one hundred twenty five k just doing this job in four months? Of course, I, I've gotten better at my my right. job. Right, so closing going, ratio increases. Yeah. So the the nos were uh, less and less every year. Um, I I'd say if I talk to you know thirty forty people a day, I close two or three of those. Yeah. So so for the young struggling sales rep out there that has. No idea how to do their job. Mm. Keep hope. There's there is hope. Absolutely. Hope. I yeah, think yeah. It's all. I think everything has to do with uh, whether it's knocking doors or starting your own business or even working at, at Walmart. Everything has like it has to do with mindset. Uh -huh. If you are working that nine to five at Walmart, like if you have a strong mindset, you can change that. Yeah. Become a manager. I, I don't I don't know. Figure it out. But so, so what's the advice for the for the viewers that we have? Knock doors. Knock doors. For sure. Whether up. whether you want to be with this company for the next five, 10, 20 years, or even just do it for a summer, even just having, you know, door to door on your resume, that could get you almost anything out there. Yeah. Like just put it on your resume and boom, you know, you've got job offers left and right. Yeah. Okay. So to somebody that's, you know, 19, 20, 21, 18 years old, knock doors just for a summer, just try it out. I love that advice. Yeah, absolutely. I, we have a we have a kid that we recruited back in 20, I think it was 2020, it was a year, oh, you remember Blake Brewster. Yeah. Yeah, so Blake's, Blake's a good friend of mine, but he came out and he knocked doors with us for one summer. He did well, but um, he's got a, He's got a job selling software right now, um, right out of college. He uh, he went to Texas Tech University and, and graduated, but um, he got a job right out of college. And he said that any every single 
internship, he, he came out and did this job when he was a freshman, but every single internship that he has done since and every single job that he has applied for since when he sits down for the interview, it gets brought up in every single interview. Wait, you knocked on doors and you sold door to door pest control. It gets brought up in every single one. And he's like, I promise it is a leg up on everybody else just because he did it for one summer. So I love that advice. Teaches you a lot of stuff. ET, what's uh what's a bit of advice you want to give to young, young kids, young entrepreneurs? Take the risk, do it young. Trust me, you want to start out young, 18, 19. I wish I would have done this whenever I was 18. As soon as I graduated, I could have been so much further than where I'm at right now. But you you want to start young. Another thing, you're going to have to, whenever you get into the door-to-door industry, you need to learn on how to focus on yourself and not watch other people. That could really get to a lot of people's mental where if they're chasing other people and what do you mean by that just on the doors in general or in life in general or like um let's say you're a first year rookie you come out you think you're going to absolutely kill it and you see another rookie who is absolutely killing it and then you're not making the same amount of sales and you start getting to your head thinking uh this ain't for me uh, i'm not as good as i thought maybe sales is in it, so on and so on. You had all your confidence whenever you got hired on, but now you're watching other people and now your confidence is going away. It's messing with your head. It's messing with your job. Yeah. Pocket watching. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the worst things that any young entrepreneur can do. Like I, I do it all the time. I look at people that are 20, 30 years older than me that have so much more than what I have currently. And I go, man, how did, how do we even get to that point? Like, how do, how do I have that? And there's almost like, um, when you compare yourself to other people, there's almost like a sense of entitlement that comes around. Like I deserve having what they have because I think I'm better than they are. And in reality, you don't see what happens behind the scenes. You don't see somebody burning the midnight oil, you know, Dakota coming in here at 5 AM working to 8 PM every single day for two years straight. You know, I didn't see my kids for that whole time. I missed them growing up just to get to where I'm at. Nobody sees that, but everybody sees the success. You see the Porsche, they see the house, they see, you know, the, the home gym, everything that I have, all the possessions that I have and everything like that, they're cool. But, um, where I learned all my knowledge was, was through work. And, um, you know, Derek knows what that's like. You obviously know what that's like, but I think a good rule of thumb is don't compare yourself to other people. I'm never going to be Jeff Bezos. I'm never going to be Elon Musk. I can be Dakota Atwood though. And I can be the best version of myself that I can be. And that'll lead me to a copious amount of success. I don't know how much success it's going to lead me to, but I think it's good to understand that you have the mentality of the Buffalo. You have the, the, the heart of a lion. You have the will, the drive, the determination to get to where you want to be. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you guys can accomplish what, what you want to accomplish. So I appreciate having you guys all on the podcast. Is there anything left you guys want to say to the viewers or anything that you guys wanted to mention? Maybe a short story to tack on to the end or anything like that? To the young people out there trying to make it, don't give up. Don't give up. (laughs) No, I love that. I needed that that advice so many times. Just don't give up. It it seems uh, dismal at times, but appreciate having you guys on the podcast. uh, And, you know, we'll see you guys around. What color are your Versace's? What color are your Versace's?